This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Donny are red, Pompey are blue. After six without a win, it's now two in two. Packet puts his right hand firmly in the air and lost it to the far post. Braggart! 4-0! Porters are going to win back-to-back games. Porters 4, Doncaster Rovers now. Sean Raggett headed in his second in as many games at the weekend and new signing Aidan O'Brien also managed to get on the score sheet for the first time in Pompey Cutters. We'll be hearing from the confident striker a little later on. I always back myself scoring. No matter what time I come on from the bench or if I'm starting, I always go into games backing myself scoring and that's what I did today. We'll also hear the post-match thoughts of the jubilant Danny Cowley before 7pm. He's been impressed by some of the many improvements to what appears to be a revitalised Pompey team. Our set-piece delivery has been significantly better in the last two games and now we've looked a real threat, which is great to see. It's Monday night, in fact it's Valentine's Day and there's been plenty of love spread around Fratton Park in the last week or so. What else would you rather be doing right now than listening here to Express FM for a full review of the Blues' thumping victory over Doncaster on Saturday? A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, which is supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Well, happy Valentine's Day, Pompey fans. And if you haven't got a date tonight, don't worry. You've got the company of myself, Matt Corrick and Barry Clements to see through until 7 o'clock. Then Jeff and Aid will be taking care of you between 7 and 9 with the Soft Rock Show. So stay right where you are, kick back, relax. Grab a brew and some chocolate and enjoy what's to come here on Express this evening. For now, though, we've got an absolute cracker of a game to run through and plenty of big talking points too. And it quite simply wouldn't be possible without the help of you guys back home. So what are you waiting for? Pick up your phones and get in touch. 81400 is the number to text. Start those with the word Express. Otherwise, you can email into Pompey at ExpressFM.com, tweet using at ExpressFM, or you can find us over at Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Whilst you do that, let's break the ice. On Saturday afternoon, we were treated to football under the South Coast sunshine at Fratton Park, albeit deceiving and bitterly cold. The scene itself was rather beautiful, as was the football shown on the pitch too. Well, in the second half at least. Pompey played host to Doncaster Rovers at PO4, and here's how it all went down right here on Pompey Live. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And we're ready to get this game underway. Portsmouth's usual home kit will go from right to left. Doncaster, they go from left to right. And we are underway. Now Doncaster try and break into the penalty area. And they've worked this well. Oh, it's loose! And it's cleared brilliantly off the line by Raggett. How on earth has he kept things level? And how has Dodu not scored? The attack not over for Doncaster. Harness though is going to mop up at the back. And whether Raggett was in the right place by fortune or brilliant judgment, it didn't really matter. And the ball hits him when it was going into the net and Portsmouth are still nil-nil. Now Doncaster try and break into the penalty area and they've worked this well. Rowe, it's loose and it's cleared brilliantly off the line by Raggett. How on earth has he kept things level? And how has Dodu not scored? The attack not over for Doncaster. Harness though is going to mop up at the back. And whether Raggett was in the right place by fortune or brilliant judgment, it didn't really matter. And the ball hits him when it was going into the net and Portsmouth are still nil-nil. Crossman is a lovely one and it's missed by Hurst. It was Hackett's ball in, it's perfect and Hurst sliding in at the far post. Can't get contact on the ball, that is the best chance 
Portsmouth have had all day, 0-0. Harness on the right-hand side. We see Jacobs go on the overlap. Is Harness going to use him? He wants to try and go into the area that Jacobs went to. Now infield to Curtis. Carter's picked up a nice space if he can be found. Now Harness on the right to get across. It's a good one. Hurst, now it's in the air to the far post. And Rico Hackett coming in behind Hurst. Heads it back across goal. And Portsmouth have taken the lead. How they needed that goal. Ten minutes into the second half. Hackett recalled. And on the score sheet, Portsmouth won. Doncaster nil. As Hurst breaks forward. Charge for George Hurst. to keep it out and Portsmouth do double their lead it's Portsmouth 2 Doncaster 0 ball is lofted forward by Bazunu and Harness if he can keep it in is away down by this right corner flag he'll look up he'll see Curtis in the middle now Harness plays the ball to Curtis not a great first touch drilled across the face and a third goal for Portsmouth claiming it is the substitute Aidan O'Brien and that is his first Portsmouth goal to go, it's Portsmouth 3, Doncaster Rovers nil. Ball to come in towards the penalty area is going to come from Hackett because Tunnicliffe has walked away. Doncaster really trying to hold their line. Referee's about to blow his whistle. Hackett puts his right hand firmly in the air and lost it to the far post. Raggett! 4-0! He picked out Raggett beautifully there, Rico Hackett. Fine return to the side for him. Goal and assist. Raggett has scored two in two. Porters are going to win back-to-back games. Porters four, Doncaster Rovers now. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from Saturday afternoon at Fratton Park as Pompey dispatched Doncaster Rovers by four goals to nil and secured back-to-back league victories for the first time since November the 27th. Let's get, uh, get a little bit of a round-up of the other fixtures uh, across League One over the weekend. Then 11 matches on Saturday with one on Sunday. A AFC Wimbledon 1, Sunderland 1, Accrington Stanley were 4-1 winners over Saturday's opponents, Crew Alexandra. Burton Albion 2, Cambridge United 2, Cheltenham Town 2, Fleetwood 0, Lincoln City 1, Wickham Wanderers 1, MK Dons 0, Ipswich 0, Morecambe 1, Gillingham 1, Oxford United 2, Bolton Wanderers 3. Plymouth Argyle beat Shrewsbury Town by a goal to nil and Wigan Athletic were 2-1 victors over Charlton Athletic at DW Stadium and on Sunday afternoon it ended at Hillsborough, Sheffield Wednesday nil, Rotherham United 2. So those results uh, leave the Skybet League One table looking like this. After 30 matches played, Pompey are 11th in the standings with 44 points. That's nine points off the top six. Rotherham and Wigan remain as the top two with MK Don, Sunderland, Wickham and Plymouth Argyle making up the playoff position. So Plymouth in sixth with 53 points and Pompey down in 11th with 44. Both of those sides have played 30 games. Games apiece. For bottom four, looks like this. Doncaster Rovers remain rooted to the foot of the table with 22 points and making up the rest of the relegation zone. Saturday's opponents, as we mentioned, Crew Alexandra, 23rd position. Gillingham, 22nd. And in 21st, Morecambe with AFC Wimbledon and Fleetwood just outside the relegation zone and with games in hand as well. Okay, let's welcome on my two guests for this evening's conversation. We've got plenty to get through between now and seven o'clock. I'm delighted to welcome, first of all, Matt Corrick calling in from back home this evening. Matt, great to hear from you, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me back again, Jake. Plenty to discuss as well tonight, Matt. It's it's great to be talking about a victory in such an emphatic one of that as well. Yeah, no, most certainly. Um, was obviously... um, you know, as frustrated as everybody else, I think, inside Fratton Park on Saturday with the first half showing, but really turned it on second half. And yeah, great showing from the boys. And alongside Matt this evening, also uh, calling in over the powers of the internet, Barry Clements. Barry, great to hear from you, my friend. Thank you for calling in. No, thank you so much for having me, Jake. Always a pleasure. Going back to Saturday then, of course, that's all we've got to talk about tonight. There's no midweek fixture to preview for the Blues this week. Uh, Back to Saturday, Uh, a 4-0 win. Were you quite expecting a a win by that margin, Barry? 
yeah, I mean, it's mad not having a game this week, isn't it? I don't know what I'm going to do with my Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> but um, no, I must admit, I wasn't expecting quite an emphatic win. I was I was expecting a win, to be honest. You know, always when it comes to bottom of the table, you should back yourselves to win, regardless of Doncaster's previous results. But certainly wasn't expecting anything that emphatic in the second half, particularly after that uh, that first half showing. Yeah, and the first half itself uh, wasn't a spectacle, was it, Matt? Nil-nil at half-time uh, to bottom of the table, Doncaster Rovers. There were flashes in the first 45 minutes of Pompey maybe being able to break the deadlock, but nothing really clear-cut from either side. And Doncaster themselves had probably a, a five or ten-minute spell where they were in the game, they were threatening uh, the Pompey back five and Gavin Bazunu. Nothing really materialising from either of those attacks. And, and really you felt that if Doncaster were to snatch anything from the game, it was in that period in the first half where they did have Pompey uh, right where they wanted them. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it just didn't work first half. The the formation was, was just confused. Um, there was a lot of space in the in the midfield. And I mean, without, let's face it, Louis Thompson playing that middle role, like he was just absolutely exemplary on Saturday. Um, and, you know, often I think broke down some further counter-attacks that we could have faced. Um and yeah, well, I think we were we were in a way probably fortunate to get away with it. Um, I think you know that clearance off the line from Raggett was vital as well. Um, I would say that was probably good judgment in my opinion. But yeah, I mean it was it just didn't work at all. Um, I think you know Harness didn't really look um, sort of like he was comfortable with with that first half. There was mm. Jacobs drifting out wide to the same side. Curtis seemed to be sort of pulling on the shoulder of Walker, and there was just like you know sort of almost three, four men over on the right and on like quite a few occasions in that first half. You referenced as well the uh, the, the moment in the first half where Sean Raggett uh, was on the line right where uh, we, we really needed him. Doncaster almost put him a ball into the back of Gavin Bazunu's net. Sean Raggett was there off the line with a fantastic clearance. Do you think that, that that changed the course of the game? Do you think that was the turning point between Pompey, you know, conceding that goal and Doncaster maybe, uh, you know, managing the game well and, uh, and managing to snatch a point or maybe even three points? Do you think that was the difference between that and actually the four nil win um i mean it it goes both ways really um i mean it was certainly a wake-up call um i think that was like a really really tight period i think you know bazuna had just spilled one and just sort of regathered it again um so it was certainly a wake-up call for us but i think in terms of doncaster obviously you know when you're down the bottom of the table you, you're sort of hoping things go for you yeah. and when you get one cleared off the line obviously you from from then you're gonna start dropping your heads a little bit so you know quite potentially um it sort of turned the game but um you know, I, th- I think there was probably a lot more in the second half that swung me, actually, in my opinion, really, Jake, on that one. Yeah. Barry, looking at the team lineup before the game, uh, obviously ba- Gavin Bazunu in goal, but there were three changes from the midweek win over Burton Albion with Clark Robertson, Rico Hackett and Marcus Harness all coming in with Marlon Romeo, Connor Ogilvie and Denver Hume missing out and dropping to the bench. Now, of course, in the end, it was a 4-0 victory and we're, we're by no means sat here complaining, but was that a, a team lineup announcement which kind of confused confused you when it came out and maybe even worried you a little bit? Um, I wouldn't say... I don't, I don't think it worried me. It did... It, it certainly, you know, it was certainly a bit of a curveball. Um, you know, we we're all sort of sat in the north stand before the game, sort of trying to work out exactly who was playing where. Um, and the idea of harness at, at wing back was the only one that really concerned me. And obviously, we've touched on, um, you know, how much was focused down the right hand side in the end. But yeah, it w- was a bit of a curveball, um, and certainly took some getting used to. It was a it was a very slow start, as we've already spoken about. But um, ultimately, as you say, the the only thing that really matters is the result, and and you can't really argue yeah. with a with a four nil win at home. No, absolutely, uh, Matt. Do you think that those changes? I mean, we we heard from Danny Cowley after the game. We'll hear his post-match interview on the show later on this evening but you know none of those were necessarily enforced due to injury of course we know none of them were due uh, to suspension Marlon Romeo Conor Ogilvie and arguably Denver Hume as well uh, all been outstanding in the last couple of weeks or so as Pompey have picked up that little bit of form do you think it was maybe Danny Cowley uh, being a little bit clever and just utilizing the fact but albeit he's got a small squad in comparison to the rest of the, the teams in the division, just utilising the fact that he's got other players at his disposal and that he can rest players against a Doncaster Riverside struggling as they are. And do you think it was a risk that you know ultimately paid off? 
Yeah, I think I think you're probably right there. I, I certainly would have been more concerned if if this was against a sort of like top half side in the in the league. You know, I'd, I'd look at that and maybe question it. I think um, you know Romeo is probably not still 100. Um, and and if you're going to sort of swing it up, then then certainly Doncaster is the way to do it. Um, I think Harness was probably, as Barry said, actually the biggest sort of gamble. Mm. Um, I mean, defensively, when he's coming back from from like a forward position, he, he's you know quite defensively sound and works hard. But you know, when you're you're playing it as a wing back, you've got to be aware around you. And you know, in the end, I think he actually he did all right. So. It was certainly a shock, but I think more so, really, actually, I was probably, um, it was a clever move. It was quite shrewd and quite bold from him to, to do it. Um, but it's certainly, you know, second half, once it's sort of settled in and we, and we started getting that rhythm, it, it certainly was a gamble that paid off. Yeah. Uh, Ian Chiverton on, on Twitter after the game uh, says, the first 50 minutes, poor. The 50th to 65th minute, quicker, more movement. But the 65th through to the 90th minute, solid and pretty decent. Uh, Tyler Walker offered nothing. Swapping him for Tunnicliffe changed the game and gave Thompson some desperately needed support. There's potential there, and I've got a lot of faith in Danny Cowley. We might just need to be a little bit patient. Thank you, uh, Ian Chiverton, for your thoughts uh, on that one. And, and, and Barry, we, we, we've mentioned Marcus Harness a little bit um, since the start of the show. He was deployed on that kind of right wing back position in Marlon Romeo's play. And what, what did you make of that? Not not the decision, but actually the way that Marcus Harness ad- adapted to that. Do you think he, he fit it, or do you think he looked a little bit lost? Um, I, I think it, I think it was a mixture of the two. In all honesty, I, I wrote on the eighteen ninety eight um, that it wasn't. It, it, it's a player out of position at the end of the day, and you have to make allowances for that. Um, we all know what he is capable of moving forward. Um, and, you know, we, we all know what he's like as a winger. So to see him at wing back was, was a concern and it did take a long time for him to get, for him to get into the game. Certainly defensively, I thought, um, he needed a lot of, uh, he needed a lot of handholding there, um, from the likes of Raggett at the back, but you know, the, as as the game wore on, I do think he grew into the position. Yeah. And as as Chiv rightly said, I think when when Tunnicliffe came on, it settled that whole team down quite considerably. And and Harness is is no exception to that. Yeah, uh, Dave Byrne on the emails. Hi Jake, three more points and six over the course of the week. If we can follow that up with six more from the next two games, we could be back in the game. Doncaster will rightly feel they should have been ahead at halftime following a disappointing Pompey display. But second half, we started to play some proper football. Uh, we now need to find that ever elusive consistency. Raggett was very good again, as were the other two centre backs. I thought Clark Robertson's use of the ball was excellent, and Hayden Carter showed what a good prospect he is the sort of player we should be looking to invest in different style but could be another Matt Clark for us uh, the opinion of Dave on the emails who continues by saying bring Brian Tunnicliffe on showed how important he can be to us if and when he can get back up to a full 90 minutes Louis Thompson was also very good while all the others contributed well in the second half but I still remain to be convinced by Tyler Walker who to me looks like he's just going through the motions anyway good result and a leg up for the goal difference play up Pompey, Dave in list. Thank you to Dave uh, on the emails there. Of course, the goal scorers on Saturday afternoon for Pompey, who defeated Doncaster by four goals to nil. Rico Hackett, George Hurst, Aidan O'Brien bagging his first Blues goal and Sean Raggett as well. And speaking of Aidan O'Brien, he's someone we'll be hearing from after the break. The new Blues forward has been reflecting on what he believes was the perfect way to introduce himself to the Fratton faithful. To score on my Fratton debut from the bench, unbelievable. I couldn't have written it any better. No, I just want to build in it now and show the fans and the club what I'm about, which is scoring goals, hard work, energy, and the hard yards for the team as well. You know, that's what it's all about. I'm getting a W, so I can't wait to keep kicking on. More from him, as well as myself, Matt, and Barry in the next part of the show. And when we return, we'll be reading out some more of the messages we've got coming in from back home too. If you haven't done so already, do get involved. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. Pompey at expressfm.com is our email address. You can include at expressfm if you're on Twitter. And facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live is where to find us on Facebook. We'll be right back after this. This is the Football Hour 93.7. 
Express FM. Good evening and welcome to part two of this instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, which is driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Off on a date tonight, but don't fancy driving? Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop and find up-to-date timetable information. This evening, I'm joined alongside Matt Corrick and Barry Clements to review Pompey's 4-0 victory over Doncaster Rovers at the weekend. Before the break, we heard a snippet of the interview with Aidan O'Brien, a new blue signing who got his first Pompey goal at the weekend on his Fratton Park debut. We'll hear from him. We'll talk about him in just a few moments' time, but going to bring Matt and Barry back into the conversation now. Let's go through the goal scorers one by one then, and we'll start off uh, Matt with Rico Hackett. Fantastic crossing uh, from the right-hand side, and Rico Hackett was uh, at the far post, and it was it was a great header, a bullet header. It was Marcus Harness, the provider from the right-hand side. Uh, a simple but effective goal from Rico Hackett, Matt. Yeah, I mean, for a start, that ball was was absolute top-notch, to be honest with you. It was a great ball. Um, and really, all it needed was someone to, to get a touch on that, and, and that was always going to head towards goal. So, um, yeah, like credit to Harness for that cross. Um, but, you know, Rico did great. Where he, he put it back across the keeper where it came from. Um, it's really good ability to, to do that um, instead of just sort of heading it straight at the keeper, which he could have potentially done. So, um, yeah, it was really great finish and, and nice and calm from him. Yeah, a decent finish from a, a player who uh, has really come through this season, Matt. Perhaps many not expecting him to be uh, on the team sheet as often as he has been this season. What have you made, uh, not just of his performance on Saturday, but overall of Rico Hackett's season in a blue shirt, Matt? Um, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, I mean, really, for, sort of saw his first performance this season up at Millwall away. Um, and obviously, you know, did brilliant with that goal. Um, sort of really confident taking the defender on and, and smashed it home. Um, you know, and, and he's obviously got the talent there. Um, it hasn't worked in other factors where he's, I think this wing back system doesn't at the moment work for him. Certainly needs to work on on his final delivery as well. I mean, there's there's been occasions that we sort of question what what actually he was kind of looking at when he was when he's sort of playing a ball sometimes. Um, but he's young, you know, and and it doesn't all come straight away. You know, with some players, there's areas that they need to work on and improve on. And I th- I think with him, he certainly got talent that you know maybe some of us you know knew that he had, and um, it's been spoken about really since we brought him into the club. But it, it just sort of didn't ever happen under Jacket and. You know, maybe those loan spells at the time were really good for him because I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more of him. And I think, he, you know, as I said, we're going to sort of see an improved Rico probably each season that he's here with us. Yeah. Uh, another player, Barry, who arguably has uh, struggled a little bit in, in terms of goal scoring this season, George Hurst, of course, uh, on loan from Leicester City. He bagged on the 63rd minute on Saturday afternoon. It, it was his third league goal of the season. And uh, look, credit where it's due because it was actually quite a decent goal. He, he didn't give up on what looked like a lost cause. It was a bit of a poor ball lofted over the top originally. But the uh, the Donny defender, he went to kind of header it back to his you know defensive partner. But George Hurst was there tracking that ball and he was not giving up on it. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic chase. One possession back, one and one with the keeper. And uh, I think the keeper kind of was a bit hesitant as to whether he wanted to come out or not. Nonetheless, George Hurst slightly dinked it over him. Great finish. And hopefully we can see a bit more of that from George Hurst between now and the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was a goal quite befitting the player, to be honest. Someone who, you know, he, he works very, very hard. You know, he presses a lot. He's, he's constantly running, which you can't fault him for. So um, it was a goal that very much summed his game up. And there's absolutely no way he intended for that finish to go the way it did. Um, I think I think it was Ryan Stillwell on Twitter who said that he's the only player who would go to dink the keeper and accidentally put it through his legs. So um, I I think that's probably the best the best summary of George House we could have this season. Really hard work and an accidental finish. Yeah, you can't deny though, Matt. In terms of George Hurst, albeit the goal uh, may not have been kind of how it went, how he may have wanted it to go in on Saturday. You can't deny, as Barry said, he is a hard worker and he never he never seems to really give up when he's in a pompous shirt. Albeit only three league goals this season, he's always someone you can depend on to at least you know try. I mean, certainly, um, more so recently, yeah, 100%. I think 
um, there was occasions at the beginning of the season I, I was sort of questioning why he was even wearing a bumpy shirt. Um, he looked completely out of place, but but most certainly recently, um, since I suppose that Palace uh, under twenty three game where he scored, he, he seems to have really come on since then. Um, and credit where credit's due, you know, yeah, he he understands works hard. I think he, he really needs to work on his finishing. Um, he can be quite rash sometimes, but I mean his power and and his work rate at the moment has been second to none. And often it, you know, it, it doesn't always matter about the goal. Sometimes you know he, he often opens up the space by dragging defenders away from from central areas. So you know, I, I think again he's he's been you know a, a sort of decent addition to the squad. I don't yeah. I don't think you know he's the permanent fix right now. But for for what we've got, I think he does a great job for us at the moment. And from one peculiar finish to another, Matt, Aidan O'Brien came on as a sub replacing Michael Jacobs on the 80th minute at the weekend. And on the 81st minute, just somewhat 45 seconds later, Aidan O'Brien had the ball in the back of the net with his first touch of the game, his first touch in a Pompey shirt at Fratton Park. And it was some excellent work down the right-hand side from Roden Curtis, weaving in and out uh, between the defenders into the penalty box and teeing it up on a plate for Aidan. Aidan O'Brien to he bundled it in and there will be questions as to whether it was his goal or not but I think you can you can easily say looking at the replays and looking at the highlights it was his goal and thoroughly deserved as well Matt um, I mean, on this one, personally, for, for a start, the, the biggest relief is that there was actually one of our strikers inside the six-yard box there to tap <laughs> home a, you know, a decent build-up play. So, um, well done to O'Brien for that. I mean, if he's going to do that for the rest of the season, then I don't really care how it goes in. Um, I mean, it's Absolutely. something we've not had um, for, for a while now. Um, and, and at least he was there. Um, the commitment to, to get in with the defender, you know, he wasn't shying away from the fact that that could have ended up, you know, with the keeper was around as well, could have ended up with a bit of a bundle. So, um, you know, but he's he's that big burly defender. And, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of been said about him before he came and, and there's a bit of a mixed bag, but, you know, Really, ultimately, he's an out-and-out striker with experience and, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, to be honest with you. I think he can maybe bag us a few important goals this season. Yeah. In terms of a team selection uh, against Crewe on Saturday, Barry, now Danny Cowley's got a big decision to make with Aidan O'Brien, of course, scoring with his first touch on Saturday. George Hurst also getting on the score sheet, but you talk about Tyler Walker and the fact that he's not yet bagged his first Pompey goal. He was in the starting eleven on Saturday. Can you see that changing this weekend, potentially, with the goal scored just gone? For me, it very much depends on Aidan O'Brien's fitness. I think if he's 100% fit, then then you have to reward the fact that he's already scored a goal, having played significantly less than Tyler Walker. Mm-hmm. You've got to reward that. You know, there needs to be, there needs to be competition for places here. Um, and it would be great if we could have some, some competition between the strikers, because um, I, I can't remember the last time we had that. So... Yeah, as I say, for me, massively depends on O'Brien's fitness. I'd love to see Walker get on the score sheet, um, but at the moment he's just looking a little bit off the pace. So um, let's see, let's see how Aiden O'Brien is, and if he is fit enough, then for me he has to start. Because as Matt rightly says, when was the last time we had a striker that actually knew where the six-yard box was? So absolutely, get him in the squad if he's fit enough. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a couple of moments now to hear from Aiden O'Brien, who spoke to Ollie Marsh after the full-time whistle at Fratton Park. Well, Aiden, congratulations on your first Pompey goal how much did you know about it? Uh, yeah I got first contact I knew that for sure but after that defender made um, I would say a rash challenge on me which I thought was a pen at the time I didn't know I actually went in until I heard Fratton Park cheering so um, delighted Yeah it still must have been a great feeling to hit the back of the net and especially so soon after coming off the bench Yeah it was um, I always say this throughout my career I always back myself scoring um, no matter what time I come on from the bench or if I'm starting I always go into games backing myself scoring and that's what I did today thankfully Yeah did Danny and Nicky say anything to you as you are about to go on any bits of advice? No I think it was just like uh, one of them ones we were 2-0 up at the time I believe and you know just kind of welcomed me into you know Pompey really you know first game at um, Fratton Park and first touch you know put one in the back of the net so it was a very good start to my Pompey career. Were you watching from the bench and seeing the chances being created and almost licking your lips waiting to get the opportunity to come on? Yeah I said to Con on the bench he said to me actually he was like oh there's a few chances I went yeah well I'll get one and then um, <laughs> literally I think I don't know how long I was on for 
but probably felt about five minutes and um, I see Ronan getting past down in the touchline. I'm just gambled. That's what it is as a striker. You know, you've got to gamble, you've got to try and react. Free front-footed and that's what happened and it fell straight to me, so it was beautiful. And just in general, we've spoken to you before about playing at Fratton Park as an opposition player. How did it feel to, to be here as a home player? Well, to score on my Fratton debut from the bench, unbelievable. I couldn't have written it any better. You know? I just want to build in it now and show the fans and the club what I'm about, which is scoring goals, hard work, energy and the hard yards for the team as well. You know, That's what it's all about and getting a W, so I can't wait to keep kicking on. Yeah, because of course you, you start to life at Pompey, as you say, with the, the goal on your home debut, it can't be going too much better. Well, yeah, no, you can't get better than that. The only other thing better than that is maybe a hat-trick on your debut. But, yeah, that could come, maybe. Who knows? But um, win at home, coming on, scoring with my first touch on my home debut. Couldn't have written it any better, mate. Aidan O'Brien there speaking to Ollie Marsh after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. And Barry, you can just tell how excited he was and how you know, chuffed he was to get on the score sheet and represent Pompey in the way that he did at the weekend. You spoke before that interview about if he can do that between now and the end of the season, get in the right positions and, uh, and bag the goals that we need him to, then we'll be more than happy. But if you've got a character like that in your dressing room who's really proud to play for the badge, for the shirt, then you, you can't argue with that either. No, absolutely. You know, that's exactly it's exactly the type of player we need at the club. You know, you look at all right, much bigger scale, but you look at the likes of Arsenal and what they've the type of player they've brought in. It's always people that that want to play for the shirt and understand what it means, and and they've obviously turned their fortunes around. Um, and that that's exactly what what seems to be happening with players like that here. Um, and it's also great to hear him. You know, with confidence as well, he's backing himself to score and, you know, coming on being like, yeah, I'll get one. That's 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 incredible. That's an incredible attitude to have. And that's only going to breed more confidence throughout the squad the, 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 the more you have players like that in your team. Yeah. Uh, an email here from uh, Graham Wilkins, uh, who says, Hi, Jake. Hi, all. Firstly, my man of the match was Sean Raggett. He was by far the best player, both in his defensive role, plus his well-deserved goal right at the death. Who would have thought after a tepid first half we'd go on and win 4-0? Also, it was nice to have four different goal scorers. Also, I'd be surprised to see Hackett score with his head as heading the ball didn't seem to be in his locker. Just hoping that Tyler Walker can start scoring for us because at the moment he's not looking likely to and doesn't look confident enough at the moment. Anyhow, let's keep this winning habit and carry on with crew next Saturday. Thank you to Graham Wilkins for your email in there. And Matt, he mentions uh, Sean Raggett's goal in the 95th minute to seal the victory if it wasn't sealed anyway. Sean Raggett nods in from a, uh, a really nice delivery from Rico Hackett from the right-hand side from a free kick and uh, another just another great header. Yeah, I mean, he's he's proven, isn't he, with, with header and unfortunately it's just not worked with set pieces at all and, and deliveries have been, you know, quite poor as I stated earlier in the show. But, um, I mean, you, you, you put a decent ball into the box and, you, and you've got someone with ability like Raggett, you know, he's, he's going to get goals and, you know, he's he's never scared to get in there. And, you know, again, I think the keeper was really hesitant on that one, um, didn't seem sure at all and completely missed it when he did. Um, but Raggett kept eyes on and, and buried it. And, yeah, he's, he's looking good again. Um, maybe not quite man of the match. There was, there was someone for me who quite outperformed him, which was a shame because, you know, he, he was so throughout so um i'm not taking anything away but yeah there was there was someone out there who uh, was probably a better man of the match for me and i think i can guess uh, who you would say is it louis thompson matt a hundred percent hundred percent for me yeah absolutely incredible i mean the guy just he, he, he covers every single blade of grass he cleans everything up gets the ball moving um i, I think you know we we're so lucky to have him um he, he's a step and class above in, in this league you can see it and um he showed it again on saturday for me to be honest with you with an absolutely perfect performance yeah and i think it would be close uh, to call barry uh, for man of a match on saturday probably b- between sean raggett and louis thompson himself louis thompson got uh, the official club partner man of the match at fratton park at the weekend sean raggett i'm sure a, a very close second let's talk about raggett for now and we'll come on to uh, Louis Thompson in the next part of the show. We mentioned earlier uh, on tonight's episode, uh, Sean Raggett clearing off the line in the first half to deny Doncaster taking the lead, getting the goal in the 94th, uh, 95th minute. And uh, that's his second goal in as many games now for Sean Raggett, a player who we spoke time and time again here on the Football Hour, here on Pompey Live, who is probably arguably the most improved player this season under Danny Carley. Is that something you'd get on board with? 
Hundred percent. It actually reminds me quite a lot of um, Christian Burgess when he first arrived. He wasn't quite, you know, he wasn't quite on the pace when he first got here, and he, he, it, it took him a while to settle into the squad. But then when he did, he became, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. And you have to say it's exactly the same with Sean Raggett. You know, this this season in particular, under a manager obviously that he knows very well and that clearly trusts him, and that must have a have a huge impact. But absolutely, for for me, Raggett is if not the first, then certainly one of the first names on the team sheet because he's he is, at the moment, you have to say he's our best defender. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Matt. Uh, thank you, Barry, as well. We'll come back to you in just a few moments' time then. Uh, right, in the final part of tonight's show, we'll be taking a listen to what Danny Cowley had to say after the game at the weekend. The Blues head coach highlights the turning point in Saturday's game with his side unable to break the deadlock until the second half. Didn't quite get the game plan to where we wanted it to be, but I thought we finished the first half stronger. And really the message at half-time was just to free us up a little bit more, try to play with a little bit more freedom, a bit more courage. And I thought we did that second half and that allowed us to find a rhythm. More from Cowley and the final thoughts of Matt Corrick and Barry Clements to come when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion in just a few moments. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM brought to you in partnership with Stagecoach South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they provide across the South Coast and through Hampshire as well. Just over 15 minutes to get your final text tweets and emails into the panel this evening. 81400 is the number to text. Simply put the word express at the start of those. Include your message and your name at the end of that as well. You can send an email into Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. And of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Matt Corrick and Barry Clements calling in this evening to talk all things Pompey, including a review of Saturday's 4 0 thumping of Doncaster Rovers at Fratton Park. Matt, of course, tonight's show dedicated to that 4-0 win at the weekend. Do you think that the scoreline, the victory in such a fashion, albeit not really coming alive until the second half, do you think that is just all of the sort of emotion and all the sort of ability that's been pent up within this Pompey squad for the last probably month or two. Of course, we went on that torrid run uh, between just after Christmas and the start of February, six league matches without a victory. Do you think all of that kind of built up into this one game? They were just able to let that loose and, and, and really the confidence just to get such an emphatic victory will hopefully give them the momentum to carry on forward next Saturday too. I mean, the, these these are the games that, that probably have, have come at the right time for us at the moment. I mean, the, the two bottom teams in the league consecutively is, is probably the right time when you, you're coming off a really bad run. But, I mean, the Oxford performance was just, you know, it was an absolute, probably, I mean, without the result, you know, at the end, probably one of the best performances this season in, in terms of commitment and effort within the team. And yeah. maybe maybe that's a sign of the, the them bonding a bit more and it, and it becoming a bit more of a tighter unit. I mean, Tunney's back in the squad, um, which is going to be a lift for the team as well. Um, but I, I mean, also, I, I think you, you have to state the obvious. Unfortunately, I'm not taking anything away from the performance. You know, it was, it was top notch, but Doncaster were by far one of the worst teams I've seen in League One this season. And yeah. I think probably rightly so, we'll be playing League Two football. But as I said, I think in terms of the importance of these games, and you know, it was it was a great performance. And these can always be a banana skin. And, you know, ultimately, first half, I think, as I said earlier in the show, I think most people were frustrated with it. You know, it didn't look right and, and it didn't look natural. Like sometimes it has quite a lot this season. But, you know, yeah, there was there was a lot of release. You know, Cowley just said in the interview that, you know, he, he told him to go and play with freedom. And I think with that, you know, against a team like Donny, you, you sort of can turn it on and, and it looks really good. And hopefully it's a sign of things to come and, and we get a win away on, on Saturday at Crew and, you know, we get a result at, you know, Shrewsby. And I think then, you know, we've got a really, really tough run of games. But we go into that with, with some consecutive wins on the bounce and, you know, it could be a completely different end towards the season that we were all expecting. Yeah, I don't think you could argue with much or even any of what Matt's just said there, can you, Barry? A great win for Pompey on Saturday, of course, now two in a row. But you can't hide from the fact that Doncaster are where they are on the table. Uh, bottom of the league, one of the worst sides in the division. We go to Crewe on Saturday, the second bottom team in the league. Next Tuesday, an away trip to Shrewsbury Town. They're also uh, fighting against relegation to 
it, it's try not to get too carried away with these results, but also having that belief that actually the playoffs are still only nine points away. There's still probably about a third of a season remaining. It is still possible, but you've got to try and find that balance, which is difficult as a fan between getting too overwhelmed and too ahead of ourselves, but actually not having that belief at all. No, I think the, the the problem with us at the moment is we we, we are in my opinion, we are an average League One team and we're where, we, we are where we deserve to be. Um, and at the end of the day, we deserve to be there because you're beating the teams below you but losing to the teams above you, um, which is which has certainly been the story more, more recently. So, um, look, I'm, I'm fully expecting, you know, a good performance against Crew and, and Shrewsbury as well. Crew, coincidentally, um, are the only team, in my opinion, that rivaled Doncaster for worse we've seen at Fratton Park this season. Um, but these, these are the fixtures that you have have to win so if we've got any aspirations this season absolutely we need to beat them but we can't get ahead of ourselves because we are at the moment unfortunately a very average league one team in my opinion okay yeah uh, and matt let's talk about louis thompson then we, we, we highlighted him a little bit before uh the, the the previous ad break and he's a player you can't you can't not mention on the show after another fantastic performance on Saturday. A player who's had to fill the boots of Joe Morrell since his suspension, his red card at Oxford United, which unfortunately wasn't overturned. But he's filled in those boots pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, as I said, he's he's an absolute, you know, class midfielder. And you can tell he, he's championship, really. Um, he's... I mean, if not, you could probably squeeze him into a lower league Premier League team. He just cleans that midfield up lovely. Um, it's just a shame he's, he's riddled with injuries and, you know, he's on a sort of pay-as-you-play contract because, you know, he would be great if we could have him regularly in the team. I think we would have had a lot more different results this season if we'd had him fit all season. Um, you know, for me, he, he keeps Williams out of the team. Um, as I said, I think when you bring him and Morelli and when Morelli is back as well, um, I think, you know, he sort of gets that freedom to, to push the ball forward a little bit more than Morel, who, who sort of sometimes cleans it up and, you know, they interchange and, and I think it works well. And, and I, I think, you know, he, he's going to be a massive, massively important part towards the end of the season, really, for us now. Yeah. And not only has Louis Thompson had to fill in that role uh, with the, uh, you know, the suspension to Joe Morel, Barry, but also he's had to play in that position with no partnered recognised central midfielder. On Tuesday night uh, against Burton Albion, he was in a sort of midfield three with Ronan Curtis and Michael Jacobs, who Danny Cowley said after the game, Ronan Curtis was deployed in that kind of central midfield role, but going forward a little bit more than perhaps a normal central midfielder would be. And again on Saturday, uh, until uh, the introduction of Ryan Tunnicliffe from the 67th minute, uh, Louis Thompson was the only recognised central midfielder on the pitch. So full credit to him, as Max just alluded to there. He's not only had a cracking couple of games with the absence of Joe Morrell-Barry, but he's also had to do that pretty much on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you put any other of our central midfielders in that position where they're, they're playing next to, you know, Curtis or Jacobs, whoever, whoever it is in that central midfield role out of position, any of the others next to him, and we've got a real problem in midfield. If Curtis was stood next to Sean Williams or even Joe Morrell, then we're not in the we're not in a good position moving forward. Whereas Louis Thompson, you trust him because, as Matt's rightly said so many times already, he he just cleans everything up and he he, he gives you that assurance in the midfield and he allows the likes of Curtis or Jacobs or whomever it is that's next to him to push on and and, and start making problems up the pitch for the Blues and, and and causing problems for the opposition. So yeah, absolutely, I think he's done a I think he's done a fantastic. Job. Job. And if we can keep him fit, then, you know, may maybe we're in for a better season than, than we anticipated a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Something else we also touched upon in the previous part of the show, but didn't quite go any further forward with Matt, was the fact that a couple of goals on Saturday came directly from set pieces, which is something we as fans, as pundits, even Danny Carley has, himself has admitted that Pompey this season have been you know, agonisingly poor, not just at defending at one end of the pitch, but also trying to execute at the other. Set pieces, corners, free kicks. We seem to, in the last couple of matches, going back probably to the Oxford game, we seem to be you know, working on that a little bit more. We seem to be getting goals from these positions, which again could be the difference between Pompey finishing mid-table and potentially in that top six. Yeah, I mean, it, let's face it, it really should have happened a long time ago. I mean, 
or I, I know Jacobs has obviously made the difference recently. You know, he puts in a great ball. Um, and we've missed that at the start of the season, a massive chunk of the season, if anything, actually. Um, but as I said, you know, the, the likes of Rico, I mean, that ball for Raggett was absolutely perfect on Saturday. And that's where, you know, ball should be coming all season. I'm not saying you're going to hit that 100% of the time that you have any sort of set piece. But, you know, you've got to be looking to get it in that area a lot more often. As I said, we, we've, you've got players like Raggett, whose who's heading ability is probably one of the best in in League One, then, you know, you've got to be putting these balls in and, and it's got to be worked on. And I'm surprised it's taken, you know, until now for, for this to start happening. Yeah. OK, before we go, then, let's hear from the gaffer. Here's Danny Cowley with Ollie Marsh after the game on Saturday afternoon. Well, Danny, let's talk about that performance. First half, you go in 0-0 and then by the end of the game, it's 4-0. Yeah, it was a, a really good performance. Proud of the boys. It's, it's been a really good week for us. I think, you know, you go back to Oxford last Saturday and the amount of effort the boys put into that game without the walls of thought. They've bounced back from that, showed real character this week, got a really good result against Burton. Hard fought first half, didn't have a great way in, didn't quite get the game plan to where we wanted it to be, but I thought we finished the first half stronger and really the message at half time was just to free us up a little bit more, try to play with a little bit more freedom, a bit more courage and I thought we did that second half and that allowed us to find a rhythm and then we got the first goal and once we got the second goal you started to see the confidence and you know I think we showed that we can be a really good team at this level. The first goal in Pompey colours for Aidan O'Brien as well. Yeah, really good introduction for him. I think with his first touch, great play by Marcus and Ronan down the right. And we knew going into today's game that if we could get into advanced areas and get us across us into the box, that we could be a real threat against Doncaster. It's how they've conceded a lot of goals and, and yeah, so it proved. And of course, two and two for Sean Raggett. That's one less goal that he owes you now. Absolutely, yeah. I'm pleased he's got going. A set piece delivery has been significantly better in the last two games, and now we've looked a real threat, which is great to see. And let's talk about your starting lineup today. Three changes. Just tell us why those uh, changes were made. Just, I think, just to freshen it out. We've had a really tough week. Obviously, when you play the, the two games against Oxford and put the energy that we did in last Saturday, almost 90 minutes with 10 men. And then again on Tuesday night, I thought it was just the right thing to do to freshen it out. We wanted to try to be a bit more offensive. And I thought in the selection that we made, we probably put an extra attacking player on the pitch, which is what we would like to be at home. And yeah, just pleased for the players, really. Pleased that, particularly second half, found that rhythm in and flowing out performance and you could sense that we finished the game in a really confident place and that's really positive moving forward. And of course when you look at the week as a whole, two games and six points, how nice does that sound? Yeah, I think it's been a, been a really good week if you look at performance. I thought a really, really good performance against Oxford against all the odds. I thought against Burton, we dug deep and we found a way and, and certainly looked a much bigger threat in terms of goal creation in that game. Today, yeah, second half I think it's the best we've played for a long while and we now have a platform to build on and we said before the game that you win today, you, you earn the right to look up and we've done that today. Danny Cowley there speaking to Ollie Marsh from the Pompey media team after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon after his side beat Doncaster Rovers by four goals to nil at PO4. And Danny Cowley's talking to our friend and colleague uh, John T. Coleman from Hampshire Live after the full-time whistle on Saturday, revealing that he's got an interest to potentially keep Blackburn Rovers loanee defender Hayden Carter beyond this season. He's a player he is interested in and has impressed uh, since he signed earlier this season. He told Hampshire Live that I like Hayden. I think he's a really good player. I don't want to shout it too much because I would like to keep him. He's a good player. And there is no doubt about that. He's going to have a great career. He's a great kid. Very level-headed. We're adding to his game and he's humble. He wants to work. He wants to improve. And he's been a pleasure. Uh, Matt, would you agree with Danny Cowley there that you know he's been impressed with Hayden Carter since he arrived on loan from Blackburn Rovers? Yeah, I mean, most certainly. I, I've been raving about him. Um, he's my regular weekend bet for, for goal score any time, so um, I'm hoping he hurries <laughs> up and sits that out. Um, but you know, he's a young lad. Um, we, we saw that mistake at Sunderland. And unfortunately, I think with any young player that's developing their game, you know, we're, we're going to have a, a sort of an unfortunate situation like that. Um, as, as frustrating as it always is when you're watching a game of football. But ultimately, I mean, he's so calm on the ball, brings it out, gets the ball moving forward into the midfield. Um, and yeah, he, he, he looks calm at the back as well. Um, so, I mean, of course, he's someone you're going to want. The, the real question question is 
can I see it happening? No, not at the moment. Mm. I don't. I don't think um, it, it's been right really this season. Um, what, the way we've got in and, and the players that we've we've had the opportunity to bring in, I, I think maybe we've mishapped on that. For reasons for that to probably be debated elsewhere. But um, you know, ultimately, um, I, he would be certainly someone that I would most happily have in, in our starting 11 most weeks yeah and and just on the subject of uh, Hayden Carter and defenders and all-round all defending in general Barry really quickly just before we do go massively important on Saturday Pompey got what they've been desperately looking forward to for quite a while now a clean sheet yeah, clean sheet, so crucial. And uh, if we could all stop bigging up Hayden Carter and just all tell Blackburn <laughs> like I did today on the 1898, let's just tell him he's awful and that we'll take him off their hands. Yeah, look, Hayden Carter is not very good, is he? Neither is Gavin Bazunu. Yeah, yeah Marlon Mar- 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 Romeo. No, don't worry What's about it. What's the him. point? Yeah, yeah the, none of these players should go back because no. they're awful. Their level is nowhere <laughs> near above us. So might as well just stay here. We will happily take them off your hands. We'll try and bring them up. Reluctantly, uh, Jake, reluctantly. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, just a disclaimer, if you have just tuned in and just heard that last 20 seconds, we are only joking. We absolutely love <laughs> we, They're brilliant. We don't want them to go. Um, yeah, no. Marlon Romeo, Gavin Bazuna, Hay- uh, Hayden Carter in particular on, on loan, uh, potentially for you know this season. And, and Danny Cowley wants to see Hayden Carter beyond this season as well. OK, well, that is just about all we've got time for here on the Football Hour this evening. Next up, Pompey are away to Crew Alexandra on Saturday afternoon. No midweek match for the Blues this week. A little bit of time on the trading ground, a little bit of rest and recuperation as well. You can join us from 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon for that game. Myself and Robbie James live from Gresty Road. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. Back-to-back home wins for Pompey has given them renewed belief for the playoffs after a dominant display against Doncaster. Raggett! 4-0! He picked out Raggett beautifully there. Next up for Pompey, a trip to another relegation-threatened side, Crew Alexandra. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Do join us for that one on Saturday afternoon from 2 o'clock. Pompey travelling to Gresty Road, home of Crew Alexandra for match day number 31 of this League One season to find out if the Blues can make it three consecutive league victories. OK, uh, once again, thank you to my two guests uh, for this evening's show. Matt Corrick, thank you for calling in. Uh, pleasure as always, Jake. Thanks again for having us on. And we'll hear from him again soon, I'm very sure of that. And Barry Clements as well. Likewise, mate, great to hear from you. Have a great week. Thanks again, Jake. Really appreciate it. We'll hear from those uh, again soon. I'm very, very sure of that. Okay, coming up here on Express FM this evening after the news at 7 o'clock, Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show. Kevin Stokes returns from 9 through until 11 with that 80 show. And then from 11 through to the early hours of Tuesday morning, nothing but the most relaxing songs, the Express Wind Down. Nicola Lashley is back from 6.30 tomorrow with Express Breakfast. Gloria Miller returns from 10 through till 1, which is when Ian James takes control of the desk from 1 through till four mason jordan's back with drive time from four through till six and he's back again with a local music show six through till seven your next football fix on wednesday evening six till seven o'clock with henry deacon with over the white line i'll be back on friday night to preview pompey's trip to crew alexandra here on the football hour from six o'clock but until then have a great week pompey fans happy valentine's day take care and stay safe good night